0: Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pulpit chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello, Jocelyn. Um, the Discord reminded me that I'm I'm now one episode behind asking about uh whether you've you've played God of War. <laughs> you've purchased uh have you purchased the cloth map? I know there was a new trailer today, maybe you got hyped. I did mat? get
0: hyped, uh, but I have not spent any money yet. But honestly, like their their marketing is so good. Right. And I mean, especially knowing the kind of like positive reception that the first game got. I'm sure the second game is going to be just as good. And I probably should just play it and buy everything that I want. But I'm also trying not to. I'm being very reserved. How much time do I have left now? Are we uh... at like the six weeks? eight week mark Eight week yeah two months eight weeks okay two months two months okay Well, oh, there you go you got some time i've still got time yeah you <laughs> have still time i have time uh but no i have not i have not actually played it or purchased it yet so and i love that the discord is keeping both you and i honest on this topic <laughs> it's like everyone actually really cares if i'm being a bad consumer <laughs> uh. <laughs> which i love
1: Yeah, well, it's in the notes. It's in the notes here. And I think I mentioned that last
0: time. Ryan copies it every week. It's in the notes all the time.
1: I mean, there is stuff in here that's a holdover from March that needs to probably be removed and or (laughs) updated. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I just I just duplicate the notes and it it sticks around. But um, (laughs) I feel like I also need to play God of War again or at least check it out. Like I, I I will talk about it later on the show. But that trailer, it was like it really felt like the, the God of war 2018. And, and, and I know this is a direct continuation and everything, so it would make Mm -hmm. sense. It would feel that way. But, uh, I, I, I'm sure there are, it is leaps and bounds, um, from, from where, but maybe it's more similar to what we had with horizon where it felt very similar. It felt very much like this is a, a direct continuation, both in story, but also in gameplay. And I think we're going to get something similar with God of War Ragnarok, too, So, Mm -hmm. um, which is a good thing. I did enjoy that about Horizon Forbidden West, you know, so I didn't have to relearn Uh, everything.
0: Obviously, as did I. Um, But yeah, I think that uh, they've made an interesting decision because I think everyone assumed it was going to be a trilogy. So I, I really... I'm looking forward to playing both of them for that exact reason. It seems like they've decided what story it is that they're telling. And even though it was a wildly popular first game, they're not now trying to stretch that out to make a lot of money, right? They're like, nope, this is the product. This is the thing. It's basically a two-part experience. And part two is coming in Ragnarok. And that's it. Like, I, I like that approach. Where you're using your medium the best way possible and telling the story you want to tell instead of being like stuck. It's uh, the television does this all the time, is why I think that like early days of like Netflix and HBO and stuff like that were so good is because they took the time they needed. Like they didn't have a set episode length, they didn't have seasons that had to have 22 episodes in them. So some of those episodes were straight up filler. It's like, okay, we need eight episodes. We're going to do eight episodes. Here's our story. And we're done. (laughs) Like it's much more effective than trying to hit targets just for the sake of, of putting a target on the wall sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think their original quote was like, Hey, it takes us five years to make these games. It would be kind of weird if we took 15 years. Like there's a big difference between, you know, the PlayStation four, PlayStation five generation, and the PS2, PS3, where, you know, they could release an entire trilogy within a platform generation. Mm-hmm. You saw that with Mass Effect.
0: Well, yeah, and then if you're, if you're releasing onto the hypothetical PlayStation 6 and your first game came out on PlayStation 4, we're also having these, like, huge leaps and bounds in tech and stuff. So it's like, you're gonna have not only that big, huge, like, time gap in terms of your game releases, but then on top of that the first game that you release is going to be so far removed from the final entry in the series that it's probably not going to play well, like, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Even yeah. if you do keep up all the, like, uh, cross-compatibility, back-compatibility, backwards-compatibility, and all that kind of stuff, right? It's still, like, you're just going to notice the changes in gaming over a 10- to 15-year time span. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up. I mean, obviously, the first part of God of War was a trilogy and now and then we'll have this these two games. But but also, as you, there there have been leaps and bounds in terms of story, in terms of how they tell a story within a game. And, and I feel like uh, that first God of War was a was a bigger, you know, it was a bigger game than the other ones. So I, I, I think you can tell that's you can tell a really good story in two games. And, and as you said, it'll be nice for it to be completed uh in a timely fashion as opposed to having to wait and buy another eight hundred dollar console, because that's probably what the next one will cost, considering these were actually never mind, I think they were eight hundred dollars <laughs> with tax. So <laughs> Yeah, we
0: we might be pushing the thousand dollar mark next time around. Ooh, all right, well, there we go. So yay, God
1: of War completed. Uh although I'm 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 guessing Horizon I'm guessing Horizon will wrap up on the PS5. I feel like we'll get the third one.
0: I mean, assuming that you think that the third one is the end, did they say <laughs> it's a trilogy, or did they just say the next entry in the series? Uh, I mean, it feels like a trilogy. Yeah, I mean, most without things going are. too far down the this whole rabbit hole, but it, it did feel like a trilogy. It felt like introducing you to the world, introducing you to a threat to the world, and now dealing with that threat, and that's it, right? Like that feels like the three pieces to me.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like Horizon could be a trilogy, but you could you have a lot of opportunity for spin-offs. I mean, they will yeah. they are gonna have that VR experience that will be set within the Horizon world, but not necessarily within, you know, the main trilogy. So Yeah, not
0: with Aloy, right.
1: Yeah. I, or I like Aloy yeah.
0: I mean Aloy is supposed to show up, right? But she's not the main character. They've they've picked totally different characters.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh I don't know how that works. I think there are returning characters, so yeah, it would make sense that Aloy pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly, uh, I haven't really been paying attention to it because I, I don't really want to buy the uh, PSVR two, right? So maybe eventually, like their other PlayStation games come into PC, maybe their VR games will maybe come to Steam VR down the road. But they uh, could potentially. Yeah, that's like that's like uh, probably a long ways away. Considering yes. you're, you're not only. You're removing it not from one piece of hardware you own, but two. So it might be a tough sell for Sony to do that um, because, yeah, they they need to make money on those games for Mm -hmm. that very expensive headset. So, yeah, I am looking forward to God of War and I am looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the cloth map uh, eventually. (laughs)
0: When it finally arrives, because you guys know I'm going to get it eventually. So, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm am looking forward to it though. It should be fun. Uh, so, so Ryan, mm. I I was struggling to figure out how to even segue to this because it's so weird and out there, uh, and feels like maybe we're doing a show in the '90s. Um, you played Wave Race '64. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a lot on this because Jocelyn has a game that I'm sure we're gonna talk about for a while, and plus they. In, every company had some sort of showcase in the last yes. 7 days uh but yes wave race 64 was added to uh the Nintendo 64 offering on Nintendo Switch and there are a lot of games across many platforms that you you that come to mind like oh i can't wait to play this when they eventually re-release it and a lot of those games do have like licensing issues like for example wave race 64 i didn't realize it. i just figured it was like oh generic jet ski racing game yeah it's not like kawasaki's all over this and oh really uh, yeah like it's literally the home screen is like
0: clearly clearly it didn't really work very well or i guess i was probably (laughs) way too young to notice because the fact that wave race branding is not a piece of information that was in my memory
1: yeah it's uh and again like i don't know much about jet skis uh to be honest but i guess it's uh yeah, it was it's it's really weird. Like I didn't realize this either, but I guess that was a major hurdle that a lot of people could see happening because there was a lot of licensing in there and like they have like all the obviously the jet skis aren't like modeled after specific ones. And even if they are, it's like, oh, maybe the rectangle is like slightly smaller.
0: Say, yeah. When you're <laughs> dealing with three polygons, it's kind of hard to make a replica like you do in the racing games today. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Now, mind you, there is um there is like a uh there is a follow up on the GameCube, which I didn't realize, which again, would probably have more realistic and uh representation of, of the jet skis but to be honest like uh, it it never really uh, like you it never really crossed my mind as a kid but you know having played it so first of all it like, like as soon as you boot it up that home screen like just as it booted the intro music immediately wave brings race. back so many memories and yeah as yeah. you're you saying like just the wave race sounds
0: and the damn seagulls <laughs> yes the seagulls. it's like as we're talking about it it's all coming back to me and i yeah. haven't even booted this up and i'm just like oh my god that is it's like one of those songs that you know from like an ad as a kid or something that came on all the time during like pokemon yeah. and you don't even remember that you ever saw it until somebody brings it up and then it gets stuck in your head forever yeah that's wave race for me right now yeah it is
1: Look, like here's the thing. I think when you when you look at certain Nintendo experiences and uh, the idea of purchasing a a Nintendo 64 wireless controller from Nintendo in this year, 2022, um, and playing these games that came out in, you know, 96, it 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 sounds like, well, is that is that sustainable? I was like, well, you know, with the subscription model, like I think it is because you can just jump in, play them for a little bit. With this very expensive wireless controller, but like it it captures that nostalgia so well and like as I'm playing it as I'm going through I'm like it, it's all coming back to me like all the so the uh the rate so for example like as soon as you boot it up it's like, hey, do you want to train and they like drop you into the sort of intro area which is just more of this like open area where you can sort of jet ski around there's like dolphin like follow the dolphin and it all immediately comes back to me as you're like you know, racing, uh, uh, to follow this dolphin around and going over, you know, ramps and stuff. And, and, uh, and then you start getting into the races and, um, like all the sounds come back to you, like, you know, trying to go, uh, I don't know what you, would you call them like buoys, but like trying to go, you know, left uh, on the left buoys and right on the right buoys and kind of making your way through the race and, uh, racing on Drake Lake. So like, the fog of this N64 fog coming over, uh, as you're racing through, and all these like ducks flying by, and it, like it's super, um, it's super Nintendo 64 type stuff. Like, you're, yeah, you're experiencing this, and 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 again, like nobody who probably if you didn't grow up with this, you're probably not like seeking it out,
0: yeah. And you know, I honestly. Like, we had a 64. We played Wave Race. Did it come with a 64 or something? Because it feels like this weird game that somehow everybody played. But when you think of, like, games I would have loved to go and buy as a child and had amazing marketing, I'm thinking, like, Mario, Zelda, that kind of crap, not Wave Race. (laughs) Like, where did this come from? Why did everyone who had a 64 have this game?
1: I don't know. I I think it was. So it was November 4th, 96 in North America when it came out. So it sounds like it was probably like a launch window title. Does that I think that sounds right. I think it was I think it was just one of those games that it was it was your racing game at launch. Yeah. It's like so
0: Nintendo 64 had five games and this was one of them. So, you know, it's not like today where with all of the the digital experiences and indie games and everything else, like you have a ton of options day one. It's like, no, Nintendo had five games. Go. <laughs> so that's why everyone played Wave Races because there was literally nothing else.
1: <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, when we got the N64, so we didn't buy it at launch. Um, a, fr- a friend of mine had bought it at launch and he after he had had some time with it, he let us borrow it. So we borrowed it and we had it at the house super generous of him to let us do that and uh we ended up playing it and then we all because i had um i have three brothers we would be able to split these large purchases four ways so we never really had to wait till christmas we would just like save Mm. up our allowance split it four ways and the way we were able to get my one brother on board who's who did not really play a lot of video games was wave race 64 it was basically the pitch of like if if you if you buy if you help us buy the N64, you can play this really cool wave race game. Because uh, like you know Mario wasn't doing it for him. It was it was this it was this jet ski racing game, and we all loved it. We were all we were all on board with this wave race sixty four. So I remember it was it, it's probably one of the reasons we were able to buy uh, a sixty four. It was maybe years after launch, or maybe at least a year after launch. Um, but yeah, like playing that game and then seeing the announcements they made today of like other N64 games coming. I think the N64 was just one of those platforms where we, we played, it was, it was probably the
0: right time for us, right? Like it's that sweet spot where you're old enough to understand what's going on, but you're young enough to have nothing else to do with your life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's it. And, and I think that a lot of the games that they're putting out on the service are, it's a drip feed it's like one a month but i think i think that works in the sense that no one's clamoring for like they got all the big ones out they have the they have the mario and they have the two zeldas those are on the service now and and they're good i think anything they add after that is fine to come out once a month
0: you know
1: and i and i think that's that's good because again like i don't think anyone's like clamoring to play a bunch of N64 games. I think it, for me at least, it's just nice to pop in there and play the one or two games that have come out since the last time I played. And I think uh, Wave Race was the one that got me back in there and, and looking at all the releases. And, you know, it's it was a lot of fun. It it, it <laughs> certainly made me uh, travel back in time <laughs> to playing that at home on the, is, on the CRT. Is there a
0: way to play this at home and
1: play with your brother's? Uh no, I don't think so. Like they do.
0: That's so, too bad because that would be a pretty awesome like Friday night. Now that you guys are all grown with families and everything else, like
1: that's true. I yeah. think there there is support. Like I, I would imagine. So anything that was that was possible on the on the home release is 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 possible on the through the emulator on the Switch. So I'm I'm assuming we could play split screen. You know, when we're and, and actually now that you mentioned, I will make a point of bringing the switch, you know, next time I, I, I head home to see see my brothers. and like, All right, we're going to play Wave Race uh and, you know, we'll take turns with because I only have one N64 controller. I'm not spending four hundred dollars on four uh N64 controllers. They are expensive mm-hmm. Um and hard. To, I don't even think you can order them. <laughs> yeah, they're <all laughs> sold out. Um, but yeah, like some games they do add extra functionality. Like we'll have one later on with uh Goldeneye where they're they are going to have the ability to play online through some emulation sort of trickery where it'll trick the console into thinking that you're playing I think they were saying like you're you'll basically like trick the console into thinking you're playing like a LAN game or something, but I don't I don't remember the N64 having LAN games, so Maybe there's some more work being done there. I don't know, but like there's still some details to work out there. But yeah, I would love to play uh, Wave Race online and they did announce Mario Party was coming. I would love to play like the original Mario Party Mm. uh, online. Although that being said, I immediately saw that announcement. I'm like, oh man, I'm not going to ruin my hand playing like (laughs) those those weird games where you have to like roll the control stick and you end up like seriously hurting yourself Mm -hmm. or... I don't know if you remember those games. You may be blocked out, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. n 64.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, I I haven't played any. I always like when people have been playing stuff, I I see the screenshots and like it's amazing how many like blanks your mind fills in (laughs) with just a couple of rectangles because like I see the screenshots and I'm like, there's no way it looked like that. That is not how I remember that game looking <laughs> like. I mean, GoldenEye is a good example. Obviously, both the Zeldas, like it, even Mario. I'm like, no, it was way more. That penguin was so cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how many triangles you were looking at back in 96. It was
0: not. Many. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was not many. But uh, you know who does have a lot of triangles? Oh, who? disney <laughs> disney has all the triangles i mean so uh i'm gonna kind of preface this because i i know that a lot of people are gonna think that maybe this is like a joke review or something and honestly that's what i thought it was going to be um so i saw disney's dreamlight valley come onto game pass last week and i was like okay you know what it's free it's early access whatever I'll check this thing out. Um I mean, I did like grow up on Disney movies and they have all of the IPs now. <laughs> like Disney owns everything. So, I was just like, okay, you know what? Like I remember a few years back they had that like sandboxy game that was a total flop for me like I just couldn't get into it. And so I was like, okay, I'll try Dreamlight Valley. I'll see what's going on. But like, really, this is going to be like a ha and I'm out of it after 30 minutes, like made for kids, whatever game, right? This game is so fun, Ryan. (laughs) Like every I think I must have sent you 20 texts today as I discovered like functionality and systems like It's surprisingly deep. I thought it was going to be really superficial and not even worth my time. But like, there's a lot of stuff here.
1: Yeah. I I do remember those texts as you were discovering, (laughs) uh, all the, all the things. I mean, it's, uh, you're right. Like, so it's made by game loft, which if, uh, folks remember, uh, early phone games, uh, Pretty much every other one was made by Gameloft. Uh, they had a new one every every month. Uh, they'd have like their Diablo-esque game, their, their, their uh, RTS-esque game, and they'd have a bunch. And this is the first time I've seen Gameloft actually sort of step outside the, the mobile realm. I'm sure this isn't the first time, but it's their first sort of big product with a big name, and it's a licensed Disney game, and it's on everything. And it's uh, there's cross progression. There's no cross play, but there's cross progression uh, where you can sort of sync to the cloud. So I, I played a little bit of it uh, enough to give Gameloft my email, which I could have sworn <laughs> they probably had before, but um, they they now have it again. So there they go. They can they can send me emails about all their mobile games. Uh, but I played a little bit of it, and yeah, there's a lot to it, and it is it like at first it kind of feels a bit like a mobile game that has been bumped up to consoles but after playing Diablo Immortals PC launch like that very much is the experience of a mobile game put into a PC game
0: ported to PC yeah, yeah. this yeah. is
1: this is uh this is very much a console experience it's it's a it's very well done and there's a lot to it like you have all your Disney characters you have the the main well i guess you don't have the main three right off the bat but you have you have uh one of the McDucks, uh, or not? No, Scrooge. What, Scrooge, no, yeah, yeah. His name is Scrooge, but is their last name? Is their last name is not? Is their last? No, they're not Scrooge McDuck. Duck. Is it McDuck? Okay, McDuck.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: but is it? Is it Donald McDuck?
0: No, it's Donald Duck. <laughs> okay,
1: I thought that was his uncle, though.
0: No, there's like so. There's Scrooge McDuck, right? And then there's like Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh-huh. and that whole like Ducktales like thing is separate from like Donald.
1: No, are they related to Donald or
0: I don't think so. I, think they I mean are. like but at the same time, I mean like you and I are both humans and we don't have the same last name. No, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
1: suggesting that every duck
0: <laughs> every duck has... has to be duck or mick duck or
1: <laughs> I'm just saying in this specific instance is Donald Duck not related. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. <laughs> either way, Scrooge McDuck at the beginning of the game and then you have Goofy and Mickey. And, like, as you said, we were talking pre show, like, there's and all the.
0: Merlin, you can't forget Merlin. Sword in the Stone is like one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. I've seen it so many times. So, when Merlin was like the one that greeted me, I was like,
1: ah. Is that a bit of a deep cut, though?
0: This whole game is very uh, nostalgic for me. Like, I grew up on a lot of Disney stuff, and I think that is definitely part of the hook. Is that like it it has a lot of IPs that you're familiar with. And it's like it's Disney up and down even with like the background music. So they've kind of made these background instrumental like remixes and stuff of like all the themes from their movie. Even the theme from like uh, I can't even remember what it was. But it used to come on on Sunday nights on like CBC on TV. And it was just like the wonderful world of Disney. And they would show a different Disney movie every week. We used to watch that. And so even the theme from that is, like, in the game as background music. And it's just, like, it it's so, like, background-y. Like, it's, it's not really something you necessarily notice until, like, there's, like, a couple of strains, a couple of notes, and then you're like, oh, that's that. That's from this. Like, I had so many moments like that. Um, and there are, like, the game is just... It's so big. And so the the general, I, I guess the best way I can kind of describe it, it's like a cross between Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing, but then they've also added like a questing and a story to it so that it's not just like go farm and build your house, but you definitely do farm and build your house. Like they've replaced... Um, raccoon guy from Animal Crossing with Scrooge and who, like, he's definitely in charge of, like, making money and he's always talking about his giant money bin and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, like, they've obviously really leant into or leaned into the Disney IP of it all. (laughs) But um, you do the same sort of thing. Like, you walk around and instead of, like, pulling weeds, you're getting rid of this, like nightmare vine stuff and then you get currency for that and you get crafting materials so there's a pretty big like crafting system there's a cooking system you do farming gathering collecting like all of the things that you did basically in animal crossing and you can spend just as much time in your house, like customizing your house. It has all like the floorings and the walls and everything else that you did in Animal Crossing. You can, you know, talk to Scrooge and you can upgrade and add more rooms and everything else. And as you do that, your house gets nicer and nicer and bigger and bigger. And again, very Animal Crossing. But then like the Stardew Valley part of it is like you have all the Disney characters that you're, um, you're, you know, used to seeing or familiar with. Um, Like you mentioned uh, Mickey and Goofy and Merlin uh, is there. But then very quickly, if you follow the story, you start to be able to go to different realms and you can unlock different characters. So like the first one I went to was Moana's realm. And then I went to, um, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name now, but the rat from Ratatouille. (laughs) Remy. Oh, yeah. Remy. (laughs) I went into his kitchen, and, like, they each have these little kind of, like, quests that you have to do for them. So, like, it's basically, like, playing out the movie, that like, their movie. So I had to... When I went into Remy's kitchen, he was like, oh, my God, I'm totally swamped. I'm so glad you're here. You have to make all these things because the food critic's here, and we need a five-star rating for our restaurant. And it's like you're playing Ratatouille. Like, (laughs) so... It's uh, it's really, really well done. And at first I thought like it was just, you know, the meadow that you kind of start in. And then I opened the map and then there's like seven or eight realms that you go to, which is I've played for maybe six or eight hours. And I've only just unlocked the beach, which is the next realm that you go to after the meadow. Like <laughs> So it's like, it's really big. It's really long, but not in a way that feels... um too slow i guess like it has a pretty good pace and speaking of pace one thing so ryan you mentioned giving your um your email to gameloft yeah yeah uh so when you do that and when you do the cloud saving it syncs your game to your time zone and there's actually a day night cycle and so the characters like have a schedule And they stick to it. So, like, for instance, I played right up until we started recording at 8.30. And Mickey was walking around and he was kind of, like, stretching. And he's like, oh, it's getting so late. And then if you look on the map, it shows you, like, Remy was already asleep. And, like, so they all have their own schedule. And they're all, like, active and doing different things and moving around the map, which gave me super Majora's Mask kind of vibes. But Majora's Mask... On a real schedule, like very much, again, very Animal Crossing-y. Like there was stuff you could do at certain times of day. And it was like actual, real, in-world time. And then there would be times that I would forget that like Sunday was turnip day. And I'd be like, damn it! Now I have to wait till next week. And so, or my turnips have gone bad or whatever. It's been a long time since i played Animal Crossing. But um, yeah, and so the Stardew Valley side is like you get to meet all those characters and they all have like their own like favorite thing to do or like preferred gifts. And you can do all of that stuff. You can take them with you as your companion and they will give you bonuses. So like, say Goofy, you go up to him and you're like, Hey, let's hang out. And Goofy is your fishing companion. Then like when you catch a fish, there's a chance that Goofy will give you another of the same fish so like you can um, build your relationship with Goofy while also getting more resources at the same time. And then as you kind of move up, then you unlock currencies, you unlock all kinds of customization and stuff. And oh my God, Ryan, we need to talk about the customization. This blew my freaking mind. As soon as I got into the game and got into my house, you can open up your um, the menu to kind of like choose your wardrobe, choose your clothing, And they have an option where you can do up to 50 layers of customization. They give you a whole bunch of just white base items. So there's like uh, pants, shoes, hoodie, sweatshirts, dresses, Mickey and Minnie ears. Like there's probably a good 20 items that they give you basically as like a blank canvas. You can make them any color you want. You can like put all these different, they call them motifs, but they're basically like almost like stickers i guess but you can make them all different colors all different sizes you can put them anywhere on the like the customization is insane and you can do 50 layers of that <laughs> so it just like man it's it's absolutely unbelievable blew my mind
1: yeah there's a, there's a lot there
0: yeah it's a really robust system for again some a game that i thought was going to be very childlike and simplistic
1: right And this is we're playing on Game Pass. I think it's like a $40 game
0: on other platforms. So, yes. So it's $40. And I did look into this because I was really curious about the whole cloud save thing, because they do say you can basically like save to the cloud and then play your save on any platform because it's tied to your Game Loft account. So I was like, okay, but do I have to own it on other platforms? Like, (laughs) question mark? Because you're right. It is a $40 title. It is currently in early access. So you do have to buy it on the other platforms. And once you own it on the other platform, then you can take your save and play it somewhere else. So you could like play primarily on, say, your PC, which is what I'm doing. And then you could, if you paid the $40 and owned it on Switch, you could like take it with you. Which this very much feels like a take-it-with-you game, much like Animal Crossing did. Um, But apparently... It seems like, and we're gonna have a bit of a monetization kind of conversation here. Um, I'm not sure if this is actually like confirmed from Disney, but I've read a lot of articles from a lot of different outlets that are saying basically that the forty dollars price tag, and that's forty dollars Canadian, so it might be cheaper American. Um, but basically, um the price tag right now is to get into early access, that when the game launches, Like for real, it's going to be free to play at that point when it's free to play, then you'll be able to just play your save wherever without paying for the early access. So um, that kind of brings me to the battle pass, which is in the game right now, but it is 100% like there's no first of all, there's no paying to win because you can't there's no multiplayer. So it's just a single player like experience right now. you can't go and visit like so your villages are completely customizable you can move everything anywhere you want um but yeah you can't like ryan i couldn't go to your village or anything like that like i couldn't come see your disneyland which Mm kind of sucks um but yeah so there's no like paying to win because you can't really like beat yourself (laughs) you know so it's all just cosmetics it's all customization options it's motifs and pieces of furniture and and clothing and stuff like that um that are only available during the like kind of premium battle pass actually I shouldn't say premium because part of it is free it does it does that pay and free mix that all the battle passes do um but so far I don't think that the moonstones which is the the real money currency i don't think there's a storefront i couldn't find them anywhere and if i am actively looking for your currency and i can't find it i feel like that's very consumer friendly because they're not smooshing it in your face all the time right like i was trying to figure out i had eight thousand moonstones and i couldn't even figure out where they came from but you can actually earn them just by doing tasks in the game so like harvesting and selling fruit and you know crafting different items and raising your friendship levels and doing all the stuff that you'd be doing anyways earns you the premium currency for their battle pass so you could actually i think very easily if all of these systems remain the same which we're going to talk about marvel snap in, (laughs) in a little bit which you know very quickly went off the monetization train uh tracks but um if everything stays the way it currently is, I don't think you need to spend money to do the premium battle pass. It's very dead by daylight uh, to me, where you know you invest your initial. I think it cost me like either two thousand or twenty five hundred. I can't remember now. Uh, moonstones to unlock the premium pass, which again, moonstones I earned by doing in game activities. Um, And then through the course of the battle pass, you can eventually like unlock more moonstones. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, again, it's one of those like pay for itself kind of things. So it seems very player friendly, um, but you could obviously buy a big chunk of them. I guess in theory, somehow I haven't looked at the actual like Microsoft store um, or like the Xbox app to see if they're listed in there to buy, but Um, there is no like store button (laughs) in the game right now. Um, So yeah, it's it seems very consumer friendly. You could just buy the whole battle pass by paying a whole bunch of money or you could, like I said, I had 8,000 Moonstones when I discovered the battle (laughs) pass. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, hey, I have the thing to do the thing. I should try the thing. And yeah, I already had 8,000 just by playing the game, which was more than enough to buy everything in the battle pass so i'm already done the battle pass and it's there for another 27 days i think wow like it, it felt very player friendly so this is it's a pixar theme right now so it had a whole bunch of stuff from like toy story and the incredibles and stuff like that and then i think cars and maybe some other property i wasn't familiar with i haven't seen all the pixar stuff yeah oh up up. up up was the yeah. other one because I was really excited because I got like a, an up like balloon house and I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Pixar's tough. I, I feel like uh, there was a time when I was able to keep up with all their films and and then they started releasing two a year and there was that gap between the two a year process and Disney Plus. So now I'm good. I can keep up with them because they come to <laughs> Disney Plus right usually right after theater uh like 25 yeah. days or whatever so i've been able to keep up but there was a stretch there where when they moved to the two year uh the two a year process but um i wonder and again i have not played enough i've not read it enough about this but i wonder if in your situation in terms of uh having enough for the battle pass after playing um that that's all well and good but i wonder if usually when you play these type of games and and again um, as you said, there's nothing in the game to sort of it's not prompting you to buy stuff. It's not prompting, hey, you know, best value, get yeah, you know, nine hundred and ninety-nine, <laughs> you know, Disney shards for nine ninety-nine ninety nine. I don't know. And <laughs> that's usually what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh that stuff's not in there. But I almost wonder, like, you know, when you play these, you know, these When you play a free-to-play game, this is not free-to-play, but when you play a free-to-play game...
0: Well, it's not free-to-play right now in early access. It does seem like the intention is when it has its global launch that it will be free-to-play, so you won't have that $40 um, entry fee. Ah, okay.
1: Well, I almost wonder if your initial play, because again, with free-to-play games they ramp up the premium currency giving that they're giving you through like the intro tutorials and the intro quests. Yes, and, yeah,
0: they front load it for sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I wonder if that might be the case, but but then again, it like...
0: It really, it doesn't seem to be because, so basically, um, you get like three quests that you can complete and then they give you the premium currency, the Moonstones, and if you unlock the premium path, you get six quests that you can do. So it doubles your moonstone earning capacity i guess um but again unlocking the premium pass was also with moonstones and they're also available through like just other questing and stuff that you're doing in the game so i just i had way more than enough to unlock the other three quest slots so like it, it happens really quickly and i think if you really like pay attention to it and focus on doing those specific quests then it happens really quickly or it accumulates really quickly. And that doesn't like, I mean, they might tweak the numbers, they might tweak like the ratios, because you have to like convert moonstones into the premium pass currency, which is these little like toy store lo- toy story looking balls that you use to then purchase the cosmetics on the track. And so you unlock the track in stages, which is also something I haven't really seen them do before. And you have to like In stage one, you have to buy three out of the seven options to unlock stage two, and then three of seven to unlock stage three. So you don't have to buy everything. Like you don't have to unlock a whole bunch of stuff if you don't want it, because again, it's just cosmetics. So, like, if you don't like Toy Story for some insane reason, you could just skip all the Buzz Lightyear stuff. And because like one of the one of the big items in one of the stages was like I think like forty little Toy Story balls which was like 400 Moonstones because it was a 10 like factor of 10 conversion. (laughs) So like 400 Moonstones was 40 Toy Story balls. So um, that was the big ticket item was like his spacesuit in like this giant display case. (laughs) And so if you don't like Toy Story, you just don't buy that thing. And you buy like there's um, like discount currency in there so you could just straight up buy more currency at a cheaper rate you could buy like motifs and stuff and other like if uh, i loved up so i could buy the like um fireplace from their house was one of the things you could buy for your house so lots of really like recognizable pieces but they don't kind of um like pigeonhole you into one ip or make you get a whole bunch of stuff you don't want if you don't have to so again it seems very flexible and consumer friendly. At this point in time, you're right. Everyone in it right now has either paid for it through like buying it on a platform to pay for early access or through Game Pass, which you're paying for Game Pass. So whatever, you know, Xbox and Disney have worked out on the back end of that point is everyone in it right now has already paid an entry fee. So it's possible that this first battle pass is a lot more consumer friendly because we've already paid the money. So they don't care as much about like nickel and diming us for our time and our money. Who knows? Yeah. But right now it seems friendly the way they've done it so far.
1: Yeah. Which I think is important because um it's very much a game targeting a younger audience. That's
0: not to yeah. say, uh,
1: you know, anyone of all ages can play. Which, like
0: Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's kind of the point I want to drive home is that if you have game passes and you enjoyed Stardew Valley and or Animal Crossing, I really think you'll like this game because it's done really well the animation obviously is great because it's disney so the animation's done really well the like aesthetic it's very like um well i like it cuz it's very sparkly it's very like princess forward <laughs> but like it's just it's a really polished title and it has a lot more depth than i originally thought to give it credit for i guess so i I really think it's worth a look and if you kind of like raised your eyebrow and laughed it off when you saw it like i did you might want to give it a shot like if stardew valley and animal crossing were your thing this is a really fun game (laughs) i mean and there's even as dumb as it sounds to be a feature that you're excited about this game looks so good, and I was having such a good time playing it. It has a selfie camera in it, and I'm literally wearing this like princess dress with the like wreck it, Ralph. Like, um, oh, what's her name? The glitch. Uh, oh my god, what's her name? Oh,
1: uh, I've seen those movies so many times. <laughs>
0: you know how she's got her hair and the pigtails with all the candy yeah. stuck in it yeah you can buy that hair so of course i have that hair Perfect. and then i have like uh mickey mouse ears but the ears are made of other mickey mouses that are donuts <laughs> so i'm wearing that in my princess dress <laughs> and i'm like of course i want to take a selfie as i add moana to my town like <laughs> it's just it's so pretty that like i want to take those pictures i want like i haven't used a selfie camera in any game ever that is implemented one i'm like this is so dumb why is this why is this a feature turns out dreamlight valley is why this is a feature (laughs) so yeah i i don't know i i'm enjoying it way more than i thought I was going to and it has a lot of depth to a game that I assumed was targeted at kids and it's really not and if you have any sort of nostalgia for Disney or any of their IPs um one of the one of the showcases we're going to talk about they talked about bringing some more stuff into uh Dreamlight Valley in the future um so yeah if you have any interest or nostalgia for Disney Pixar like (laughs) anything that is in their wheelhouse new and old like check out Dreamlight Valley because it's it's (laughs) It's really good. Like, I honestly can't recommend it enough, which is blowing my mind just as much as I think I'm blowing yours right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a solid game. And I was I was surprised when I got it. Now, mind you, I know you were saying, oh, the kids are going to love it. And um, I feel like there is like if you're going to play with your kids, depending on their age, I think if they're a little older, they, you can probably let them just play it. Uh, for me, I feel like that my kids would be bored at the intro because it is it is very sparse. Like obviously, like any Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, the intro is very much there's weeds everywhere. Yeah, you know, your favorite characters are are hiding from the weeds because for some reason they can't.
0: Well, that's so that's the whole like kind of story, and that kind of leads into the questing and stuff. That's a little bit more fleshed out than some of the other games that I've played like this before. Is that there is an actual like story there like it's Disney so like the story is that you uh like you are like a grown-up in the real world and you like go to your childhood like cottage and you you know just need to get away from it all and while you're there you fall asleep and you go to dreamland and dreamland is this dreamlight valley and you get there and Merlin's the only one because he's magic he's the only one who's kind of like still sort of with it and he's like oh like i'm you must be magic i'm so glad that you're here because we need help our old ruler left us and now we're overgrown with the with the for, the forgetting or yeah the forgetting and so it's like all of your favorite characters have like been forgotten in this dreaming valley place <laughs> and you have to like save them from these nightmare thorn things that have grown and are causing everyone and everything to forget who they are and forget why they're why they're there and and all the rest of it and you have to like restore all of your characters to the valley and like, I don't know, it's a really cool story. And they've even incorporated a lot of the villains. Like, I just am going through a quest right now where I'm talking to Ursula. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, normally they stick to the good guys, right? But they're like, nah, we're going to have Ursula. Why not? Like, all of the good guys and bad guys live together in harmony in Dreamlight Valley. I'm like, that's a cool concept because some of Disney's best characters are their villains.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice that they bring all the characters in. And I mean, as you said, Disney has such a wide array of properties. I, I would imagine this time next year we'll have the Marvel expansion or.
0: Oh, probably. You know. Yeah, I can see. So right now, um, basically, and this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but um, you kind of like unlock the gate to the palace where the previous ruler lived and within the palace it's very actually like mario 64 to like bring it back around um in the palace there's a whole bunch of doors that go to all these different realms and some of them are like labeled there's like an icon so like i think on the second or third level there's a door with a with a snowflake so it's like obviously that's frozen and obviously frozen was one of the first ips they put into this game because it's like ridiculously wildly successful Um, but yeah, so all of the doors in this castle and there's got like, I mean, Ryan, this thing is so big. I think there's probably like 50 doors inside of it. Only a few of them currently have like logos on them. Most of them are like blocked off by either the nightmare vine stuff or they have like very nice, like, you know, those like red velvet, like ribbons that they put on the side of like cues and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah they're they're like roped off like that in an old-timey theater and you just like of course you respect the the red velvet rope. Why yeah. would you ever think to cross that to go to doors? Like that would be insane. <laughs> we all respect the rope. So um but yeah, like they have the space built into their like main castle to do like 50 different realms and I think there's like 6 or 7 you can go to right now so like there's Moana and Ratatouille and Frozen um i think there's i'm trying to remember now oh man i think Little Mermaid i think
1: oh yeah if you have Ursula in there
0: if it, yeah Ursula's yeah Ursula's in the main beach part well and that's the other thing too is that some of them are like realms where you can actually like go to and like live through parts of the those characters like story and then recruit them to bring them back to the valley And some of the characters already live in the valley. So like Ursula, Merlin, Mickey, they already live in the valley. You don't actually go anywhere to go get them. Um, But yeah, so anyways, I feel like I've talked about this for too long. But uh, really good game, really fun, good mechanics. Um, I didn't even really talk about cooking, but there's a lot of cooking recipes. And that's actually something I really like for crafting and cooking is that like you can see all the stuff in your collection and the way cooking works, like you can find recipes or... You can try and guess what is in a recipe and try to make it. So, like, that actually was kind of a sticking point for me because I thought I had to find the recipe for this thing I had to make for a quest. And I was like, I don't understand where I'm supposed to get these recipes from. Like maybe I just go recruit the rat because <laughs> I mean, he's got to be the cooking guy, right? Um, but you basically just like, your cookbook will show you a picture of what you're trying to make and then it'll show you how many ingredients there are, but they're just question marks in the bottom. And if you can guess those ingredients and throw them in the cooking pot, it'll just be like, hey, you've discovered a new recipe. Congratulations. So you're kind of like only gated by your access to ingredients and your ability to guess and like kind of trial and error your way through the cooking system. And the cooking system is there to help you With the energy system, which is like once you do a certain number of activities, you're out of energy and you have to go back to your house. If you don't want to go back to your house because, you know, walking is lame, you can eat something to replenish your energy. Um, And then so the various like things that you cook, make that easier, make that better, give you more energy. Some of them like double your energy bar, you know, some of them will, you know, give you different bonuses and stuff anyways. It's, again, a pretty robust system within this game. So if you like cooking, crafting, farming, gathering, collecting, home customization, character customization, clothing customization, this game has all that. And a good story and quest to boot. So go give it a shot.
1: Sounds good. And plenty of Disney characters. uh... Oh,
0: my God. So much. Yeah. (laughs) So, so much Disney IP. It's, It's really great. So. I wanted to give a shout out to our September patrons, Jamie and Drew. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. If you want your name here, just like Jamie and Drew, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support the show and Ryan and I in all of our gaming endeavors. That brings us to our, well, normally news talk. We're just going to call this showcase talk because (laughs) apparently everyone decided that September this past week in 2022 was when we were gonna do all our presentations. So we had uh, Disney and Marvel, Ubisoft and Nintendo, and PlayStation, who all gave us like big presentations this past week. So we're gonna go through it as kind of like high level as possible, as normally with these showcases, we're not gonna talk about every single thing they talked about because then we'd be here for 18 hours. So uh, we're gonna kind of hit our highlights and Ryan, I'm going to let you go first with the Disney stuff because I know I'm going to end up talking about Snap-a-Lot, so I don't want to lead with that. What were you excited from in the Disney Marvel Showcase?
1: Right. So I think the two the two highlights, uh, first of all, you have a game coming out. Uh, a lot. There were actually a few games that were sort of established as coming out before the end of 2022. And one of those, which I thought was kind of delayed into next year but is actually coming out uh December 2nd is Midnight Suns which is the next game from the XCOM team at Firaxis and that is going to be out on PlayStation 5 Xbox Series S and X uh and PC on December 2nd what's been delayed I guess is just the Switch version Uh, it was originally supposed to come out in October uh and before that originally supposed to come out in March but it's finally going to be out at the start of December so I'm excited about that one because it's got all your your big Marvel characters, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Uh, that's right, they got Spider-Man in a non-PlayStation <laughs> uh, game. So, Crazy. yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know a whole lot about it. I, I've kind of stayed away from it as best I can, because I'm, I'm excited to experience it for myself. But um, it will be out before the end of the year, which is exciting, because I kind of just left it off into... 2023 land um but uh, we also got i think what is basically just a teaser trailer because it is still an untitled game but it's the yeah. next game from amy hennig uh who's uh, the director for uncharted one through three and uh it's an, an untitled black panther and captain america game set in world war Two. um so it is steve rogers but it's also Yay! the uh, the grandfather of uh t'challa uh, who will be the black Panther in that game. And it, again, we don't know gameplay. We know there are four heroes that you will be controlling. Um, you'll have, that's it. I don't know. There's not a whole lot else (laughs) about it. it. Um, it's probably a ways off, uh, again, no gameplay, just more of like setting characters, tone, um, that sort of stuff that, that was unveiled in this, in this very much a teaser. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, likely a 2024, if not a 2025 game, mm-hmm. um, which is. Well, yeah, because yeah.
0: we're running out of 2022 at this point. There's only a couple months left. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's going to be a wait. Obviously, Marvel, tons of Marvel games that will come out before then, including Midnight Suns. Um, But uh, also, as you said, Marvel Snap, which got a release date.
0: Yeah. So October 18th is when Snap is coming out um i will say like i uh, you guys know i've been in the beta testing for marvel snap for quite a while now um i am still really enjoying it i do still play literally every day um but it's uh it is not without controversy and i can't remember if we covered it on the show or not because i know it definitely happened well it kind of like the controversy swelled up and was resolved in the week I was on vacation. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a pretty short-lived controversy. But um, the basically, when I first started playing, I know I was talking to you guys about um, like how it felt quite consumer-friendly and, and I liked the monetization. They've changed the monetization since then and it's not quite as great. Um, also, I've really started to hit a wall with um, my collection because once you get to a certain level... Uh, you kind of like stop or it's basically like you hit a certain collection level and then all of the cards available in the game become random unlocks, which means that like there's a deck that I've been wanting to play for a couple of months now and I haven't been able to because one of the key cards is one of the random unlocks and I can go 100 collection levels at this point without actually getting like a, a new card. Um, which doesn't really feel great. And the developers, when they originally put Marvel Snap together, said that they wanted it to feel like a TCG from the 90s where you were kind of like cobbling together whatever deck you could. And I was like, but those original TCG games had the T part that Marvel Snap doesn't, which is the trading. There's no way for me to be like, hey, anyone want to trade anything in my collection for Invisible Woman? No, <laughs> like I just have to sit there and level up my collection and hope that eventually I unlock her. And so the, it's like every third thing on the unlocks is this like collection or collector's reserve or something like that. And that has a chance to be a new card. So it's like every 12 levels, I have a chance to get a new card, but it could also be a variant of a card I already have. It could be a profile picture. It could be um any of the three kinds of currency Like there's a lot of potential things to be in those boxes. So if you don't get a card in that one, then it's 12 levels before you have a chance to unlock another card. So I've really found that the um, ability to target a card because there's no crafting, um, which means again, like all of these things like leveling up your collection is tied to real money. So it can definitely be a money sink if you let it. Um, but I do think that the gameplay, the core gameplay is really good. Like I've said, I've I'm still playing every single day. Um, but there is that kind of hang-up there where like it feels bad that there's this deck I've wanted to play for a really long time and I can't, and there's no way for me to target a card other than just pouring a ton of money into it and keeping on leveling up my collection. So yeah, it doesn't like it doesn't feel as good as it did way back. And they have a premium battle pass now too. Um, They made some balance changes. They've made some changes to the currency and stuff um, so that now if you do all of the quests, then you'll unlock all of the battle pass. So before um, you could do all the quests and you didn't necessarily finish the battle pass and that felt bad. So they've rebalanced that. But um, it's not as consumer friendly. It's a little bit more predatory. There's a lot of stuff I don't like on the monetization side of Snap, but it is still technically free to play. There's a lot of good decks you can make with the cards you're guaranteed to get in your first few hundred collection levels. So, like, you can still play the game. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it is coming out on October 18th. And I hope you guys... um, I hope you guys like it when you get to play it because I very much enjoyed it. And I feel like I've been playing for three or four months now, so... Cool. It's a it's a good title. I hope they don't wreck it.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, I'm I'm looking forward to trying it uh, at launch, and it will be launching on mobile and PC on October 18th. I think is what yeah. they said, so that's exciting.
0: I don't know if you even really. I mean, like from a streaming perspective, that's great because I can play on my PC and like stream Marvel Snap a whole without a whole bunch of like. I don't know. Weird. I don't even know how to capture my phone <laughs> to try to do a stream. Um but yeah, so like uh, from a from a content creation perspective, that's really cool, but I don't like you don't even have to play. it fits on your phone so well, but um it would be kind of cool cuz like a big part of this is like card art, right? And there's a whole bunch of different variants and a whole bunch of different styles and um as you unlock or increase the rarity of your cards, the power doesn't change, just the art changes. So it goes from like 3D to like animated and you know, we've talked about all this stuff before. So that would be really cool to like see those pieces of artwork a little bit bigger because like you can click them and like it blows them up to your phone screen. But, you know, that's yeah, it, it would be cool to see because it does have a lot of really good effects and really good art. So and it's a very pretty game. It would be nice on PC, but you can play it on the phone. No problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm likely going to play it on maybe iPad, I guess, like maybe hit it in the middle, you know? Mm, Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to to check it out. I, I feel like the the trailers always showcase all the different artwork and variations of of your favorite characters. So uh, I'm excited to see that um, in action. So not too long to wait just uh, just over yeah, a month. Yeah, just
0: just about a month. Yeah. Uh, so Ubisoft wanted to talk all about Assassin's Creed um and so there were two projects and so this is very like I'm I'm pretty interested to see how this all plays out because the main franchise is in the Assassin's Creed Infinity stage now and so they've given us information about the next two titles or I guess uh, yeah, titles expansions like I don't even know at this point what to call them, but the, uh, the next two entries, I guess. Yeah. Into the Assassin's Creed Infinity product, <laughs> um, and so the next one coming is going to be Feudal Japan, right? And and that one is like the next in line. It's the most developed. It's I did we didn't get a release date, right? But soon. GM.
1: yeah i would i would imagine this is the 2024 uh release maybe unless they aim for fall 2023 but um the the, i would say
0: probably yeah 2023 like i mean it's been a while now that we've been sitting on not sitting on i mean the last assassin's creed was really good um but like They've got to give us something like they used to give us a new Assassin's Creed every year. Like yeah. they need to give us, I think, twenty twenty three, fall twenty twenty three, like holiday twenty twenty three would be a good bet. Um, and then the one after that, we got like a teaser of something witchcrafty, <laughs> and it's just a code name Hex, which is I don't know, really cool. Um, And again, like I, I really enjoyed the the more recent Assassin's Creeds. I know a lot of people kind of fell off it a little bit, but. Um, I was really excited to see those two announcements.
1: Yeah. And I mean, speaking of Valhalla, they also announced that um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is set in Baghdad 20 years before Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you will play as uh, Basim, who was a character in Valhalla. Um, He was the assassin who basically trained you as an assassin. uh, Yeah. You know, uh, an assassin, a Viking that was also an assassin, which was super rad. (laughs) I mean, Valhalla is yeah. great. There's a reason that they continue to support that game three years after launch, uh, two years, I guess now. Uh, well, I guess no, like it'll will
0: it'll be three years, will it not? Um, I think so. Yeah, it was it was a 2019 title. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it's been three years since 2019. <laughs> no, now I'm un- now unsure.
1: Either way, it's. Uh, I, like,
0: I don't think it was a pandemic launch, was it?
1: I think it was with the consoles. W- weren't the consoles released in 2020? No, no, oh my like, god what? no i, I don't it
0: even I'm, I'm literally googling it t- okay it was 2020 november 10th 2020 i didn't think it was a pandemic title but apparently it is yeah, yeah. november 10th 2020. so it's coming up on two years there you go yeah which means like i really think that the next installment for this uh, assassin's creed infinity thing um it's it's got to be coming in 2023 because that'll be three years right so yeah that's a long time for assassin's yeah. creed to go without a major entry
1: Yeah, and and Mirage seems like it's going to be, as you said, like the last game before you know migrating to that Infinity sort of hub slash, you know, set of games. Um, This one is, in my mind, very much set in the what they've established with Origins, uh, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Uh, So this might be the last one of those type of games. Mm. Um, But they are saying it's going to be more closer to the original Assassin's Creed game, focused on stealth parkour and assassinations um so that one's out i think in february of of next year so it's it's not that far off
0: so is that so was that was mirage like a full i thought it was like a smaller like um what was that one that um the uncharted one uh that had the two female characters oh
1: uh uh, it was uh, like it was
0: yeah it's like it's not a full uncharted game it's this like little in betweeny thing like it's not dlc it's bigger than that but it's not a full standalone game i thought that's what mirage was too um uh,
1: i'm not i'm not 100% sure but they i i well they are selling it as a full price title yeah. so
0: Oh, you well, know. so then it better be a full-on game then. <laughs> yes,
1: 100%. Uh, so, I mean, it is it is funny when you look at this article, and we'll have it linked in the show notes, but it's essentially all Assassin's Creed project, like five or six different Assassin's Creed yeah. updates and projects. And then uh, they detailed a little bit of Skull and Bones and a couple of other, other, their other projects, but they also revealed um, the DLC for Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. And... The DLC always has like their their final part or episode of it always features like a like a an additional character to sort of focus on in like the side campaign or or an additional campaign content. So it's they're bringing back Rayman. And I say bringing back because honestly, Ubisoft has ignored Rayman. Just like, you know, they had those 2D sc- side scrolling games, which are really cool. But uh, we haven't had a 3D Rayman in forever. So Rayman's back in 3D thanks to Mario plus rabbits so uh that will likely not be released until end of next year mm-hmm. um in terms of DLC cuz it'll be their third and final piece of DLC for uh for the post launch content so i mean that's that's fun i mean they focused on donkey kong with the first one as in terms of the DLC and i think like if you're looking to get away from mario characters i think rayman's a, is a is a cool one to to check out because he has his own cast of characters too that you can, you know, integrate into this world. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh welcoming Rayman back.
0: Well, speaking of Mario, we also had a Nintendo Direct today.
1: <laughs> oh yes, <I asked> <laughs> we did. And
0: uh, yeah, so we got to see more. I think both of us obviously are are interested, slash excited, slash, at least for me, cautiously optimistic about the new Legend of Zelda, which has a title, Tears of the Kingdom, um, which, as Ryan pointed out uh, pre-show, was a very um, interestingly timed reveal. Um, But uh, it looks like, unsurprisingly, as it was kind of like called Breath of the Wild 2 for so long, um, it, it is more of Breath of the Wild. So, I mean, like... I wouldn't have known it was footage from a new game if it wasn't like revealed as such. You know, if I just saw this in a YouTube video that like auto played after something else I'd been watching, I would have thought it was Breath of the Wild footage. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. No. It <laughs> yeah, does. Okay. I mean, this. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm not explaining myself very well at no. all
1: right now. <laughs> it, it it makes perfect sense because again, like you know, Tears of the Kingdom, when it was originally sort of pitched, it was it was DLC content that they were working on and thought like, well, this is too much. for. It's literally too much for DLC. We we can't. We'd have to cut a bunch of it. So let's like flesh it out, continue the story um, and and build out a new game. And the crazy part is that this game, they got we got a release date as well. It's coming out May 12th 2023, which is pretty soon. It's super soon. Yeah.
0: I know, obviously, that, that Breath of the Wild has been out for a while now. And, you know, there's usually quite a break between Zelda kind of franchise pillars um but i don't know it still feels like breath of the wild just came out which is kind of crazy because zero dawn that came out at exactly the same time already has its sequel out and it feels like that took forever between and maybe it's just because i didn't love breath of the wild like it was fine um but i didn't love it so maybe that's why i'm not as stoked like if this was just a totally new zelda that was not tied to breath of the wild maybe i'd be watching my calendar a little bit more closely uh maybe i'd be a little bit more excited not to say that like i i'm not trying to take away from anyone who is excited um but yeah like breath of the wild was not my favorite thing so i hope maybe they learned some lessons from <laughs> some of the feedback the little negative feedback they did get <laughs> but yeah i don't know i'm It feels like this is very soon coming out. (laughs) Like spring 2023 seems quite quick to me. Uh, That's six years. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I agree with you. I think Breath of the Wild was such a phenomenon that it was constantly uh, being discussed. Um,
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like it came out six years ago now. No,
1: no. it, it doesn't, but I mean, like, you look at this sequel. The, the crazy part that I'm looking at here is I feel like we've gotten maybe five minutes of footage for this game. Um, this trailer, maybe alone. not
0: even because I feel like this trailer half of it was like the cinematic stuff that we'd already seen when it was announced already, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of the, the wall art and stuff, and
0: yeah, the wall art, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this trailer was only a minute and a half and most of it, as you said, was the wall art and like the announcement of the date and the title. Um, we got a little more details of, you know, what you may or may not be doing in the sky. Uh, some more traversal stuff of like going backwards in time as you, you float back up to the sky. Like it seems like there's going to be a lot of opportunities to, you know, float back up and come and go back down to the land below. And, and, uh, but it's all very still mysterious we don't know mm-hmm. a whole lot and i remember um i i remember they said like oh the title would kind of give you a the reason we're not revealing the title is because it'll it'll give you more details about the game it's like i, I don't know like tears of the kingdom it i it, it doesn't really give uh, yeah. me really much you know
0: <laughs> no like uh, tears of the... Are been... Something bad happened. Like, yeah. of course, something bad happened. If nothing bad happened, there wouldn't be a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay. <laughs> and it's happening in the kingdom. We also kind of figured that out, too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Something is afoot in the kingdom, just doesn't have the same ring to it, I suppose. So, um, <laughs> they probably felt like, hey, you know what? We need The to-
0: kingdom is a miss. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's something going on here. We should we should look into it. It's too long, right? It'd be the whole box art. Um, so I think they just went with Tears of the Kingdom to keep it simple. Or you know,
0: I mean, it's a badass title. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Twilight Princess, right? Just in the kind of tone of Tears of a Kingdom, right? Yeah. Like that's it's a it's a pretty badass title. I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, I don't feel like I now know exactly what's going on. <laughs> No need to be so mysterious for so long, Nintendo. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, all will be revealed in just a short eight. Yeah. Just a few
0: more months. Yeah.
1: Not much longer to wait. Uh, They also uh, revealed Pikmin 4. Not a lot about it. Um, There was a tweet going around. I guess Pikmin 4 was like talked about six. No, uh, 15 years ago or so. Like, No, not 15 years ago. That, That seems too far away. But essentially, like (laughs) a year after Pikmin 3 came out, there was stories where Miyamoto was saying like, oh, yeah, and Pikmin 4 is pretty much done. And uh, I think it was eight years was the number going around. And they did reveal it after, you know, talking a lot about Pikmin Bloom, um, which was interesting. I I mean, I know that game had just come out, but uh, they keep bringing it up in these directs and usually they shy away from talking about their mobile titles. Uh, during the directs but uh, they made an exception for Pikmin Um, but we didn't get many details I think there's like one little snippet of of gameplay and they talk about how they'll be moving the perspective from sort of a RTS you know top-down perspective to more of a behind-the-shoulder from the perspective of the Pikmin Uh, has me a little worried because again like I think the whole draw of Pikmin was that like simplified RTS gameplay and if they're moving to more of like an action you know combat style like it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting um, I know Pikmin isn't everybody's jam but uh, I really do appreciate those games and, and we don't get them nearly enough uh, as we should I mean it'll probably be a decade but it's coming out next year so it'll be out 2023 on the switch so I'm looking forward to that one that it's finally been uh, confirmed but not much details uh they kicked off the show with a new fire emblem game in the main series and it's called fire emblem engage i put that all in (laughs) caps Um, i was
0: gonna say i like (laughs) for some reason i it just makes me think of like transformers
1: Well, you're gonna. I don't know if you watched the trailer. I didn't I, watch
0: the trailer for Fire. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know it's so like many. your passion, like franchise. But yeah, there's so many Fire emblems. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on, and I I don't keep up with it or watch the That's trailers. Fine. I'm sorry. Can we still be friends?
1: Yes, of course. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Obviously, Eddie and I on Summoner's Call, we'll will go over all the details. But I'll give you, you know, the top details. Essentially, what's happening here is like it's a kingdom that like brings in heroes from other worlds uh, they did this a thousand years ago they they killed the dragon, there's always a dragon, a bad dragon an evil dragon, there are good dragons but there's always a bad one, so they took care of that and then a thousand years later it, uh, it didn't quite work out, the seal was weakening, and they're like well we better bring these heroes back, but the rings so that's where the engage comes in the rings have been scattered the oh, rings allow them to So it's like
0: engagement like wedding not like engaged like get all your robot parts in the right spot uh, well
1: I mean <laughs> maybe maybe somewhere in between there because it, okay. essentially it's like the rings of it's like it's more like Lord of the Rings it's a ring of power okay. I guess okay. Um, You know, they had the Fantastic many,
0: show, by the way, I'm very much enjoying that. I haven't no started watching it. Is it good? I, 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 hear I great enjoy things. it. I am very much enjoying it. But anyways, I, I Fire emblem. It. Yeah. no, yes, but
1: Fire Emblem, there are a bunch of rings of power. Um, they they have confirmed three or four characters for sure in terms of gameplay. But there are uh, a lot of hints early on in the trailer that show at least one character from each of the uh, main Fire Emblem releases. So you've got Byleth from, um, you know, Three Houses and you've got characters like uh, all the way back to, you know, obviously Marth is going to play a, a, a big role. He's he's in the key art. Obviously. Obviously, you know, Mar- <laughs> everyone knows Marth. Marth and Roy. Roy's our boy. That I
0: think, sort of stuff. Yeah. So uh, Marth and Roy, I actually didn't know were from Fire Emblem. I just knew they were from Smash.
1: That's fine. And you know what? I, <laughs> I remember when they arrived in Smash, that was my first realization that like there was a franchise called Fire Emblem because it was not in North America yet. It was uh, it was very much Japanese only. Um, and uh, I don't think... Roy doesn't even have a game in North America. Marth obviously has had a few games um, that have been ported over, but uh, Roy still, still is... Uh, even though he a is mystery. widely known. <laughs> yeah, he's a mystery. At least here in North America. But um, essentially, they're going to bring all these characters in uh, and you'll have to fight this uh, fell dragon. it's it's got very you know classic fire emblem gameplay. and uh, if you if you do watch the trailer, there's this classic moment where where the characters yell, uh, emblem engage like really loud like like they're uh, power rangers of some kind. <laughs> um, and uh, that that allows them to do a power move and and uh, so I think that's where the characters will come in. You're not summoning them to be on your team. you're more summoning them to be sort of augmenting your your combat giving you special powers and it'll be interesting to see how like obviously there's a lot there in that three or four minute trailer but um in terms of gameplay it really does look like the main characters will be original characters and they will bring in these characters from previous games fully voice acted and everything but uh they'll come in more for gameplay and and to uh Augment your combat skills, so that's where the the rings come in and and engage is is an odd title. I, I know I saw a lot of folks like I saw a lot of Nokia engages being uh, tweeted today, so you know it, it's uh, it looks to be different from other mainline you know games in the franchise, but also pulling in like we saw a lot of features from Three Houses that they implemented, like uh, you know sort of the meta game where you're you're building up a village um you're having conversations with characters that sort of stuff
0: i love that like this isn't your deep dive
1: no <laughs> no i feel not. like
0: we've been talking about it for like 10 minutes but like this isn't the deep dive so well you
1: i'm i'm people will get into more of like the details of like what's in every frame and obviously there'll be yeah. stuff to dig into but um yeah it, and this was actually leaked uh, earlier this year and um with screenshots and stuff and people are like that's fake no way that's real and <laughs> sure enough like it's a it's a slightly different art style than what we're used to um so and i guess it's a different developer so uh it'll be it'll be interesting it's coming out january 20th next year so not a long way for that one um and yes i'll be picking it up day one surprising nobody uh,
0: And we also got some more uh, Nintendo 64 Expansion Pass uh, information, including uh, we've already talked about it once today, uh, but GoldenEye online. So we're going to be able to play against each other in GoldenEye, which is amazing.
1: Yes, we've already had, uh, I believe, uh, Babylon Redeemer in. We did a Discord thread for the direct and and he said, if we can have a game night where we all play GoldenEye online, then I will I will upgrade my subscription. I'm like, yes, we will do that because uh I would love I would love to play Goldeneye online with some friends and and travel back in time to yeah. uh, to experience that. So and uh another game that was part of that list was uh 1080 Snowboarding, which immediately oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, immediately came back to mind when I was playing Wave Race. I'm like, "Oh man, if they get Wave Race, I wonder if I wonder if we can get 1080 Snowboarding." <laughs> sure enough. There it is. It's so,
0: coming. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um you know, no uh No announcement of the Metroid Prime remaster or, you know, bringing forward Wind Waker and Twilight Princess over to the Switch. Those were heavily rumored, but uh, were not present in the announcements. But it was a pretty packed show, Um, so they probably uh, wanted to hold on to those. But, you know, Nintendo's got a really, you know, heavy 2022 left to get through. And in comparison to the other platforms, like, I mean, Nintendo's got a new game coming out like twice a month.
0: Mhm. Yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they'll be busy.
0: I still haven't actually because I got so involved in in Disney this week. Um I still haven't picked up Splatoon, which I'm actually really excited about, so. Yeah. I'm excited to hear your Nintendo's thoughts on that. Nintendo's killing one. it. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo's absolutely killing it right now. Uh, and then last but not least, PlayStation also did their State of Play and uh, so we talked a little bit about God of War Ragnarok off the top. Um, but they also gave more information about their loyalty program. So this is the thing that I don't think I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I included it because um, obviously there was a lot of announcements in a very tight uh, presentation. I, I think that they had a really good setup. Like they they had trailer to trailer to trailer and very minimal interstitial discussions and stuff. It was just a bunch of trailers. Um, So there are a lot of games that were obviously talked about, but you know, uh, PlayStation stars, which is their loyalty program. They kind of showed off some of the digital sort of collectibles you'll be able to get. And I think this is unique to uh, PlayStation where they're kind of going to, for this like 3d trophy aspect. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they um, allow you to sort of portray those uh, within, you know, the PlayStation ecosystem, but you know, nothing nothing crazy, just you'll be able to play games and earn rewards and trade them in for uh, other digital sort of stuff. And uh, it's going to be launching this month, uh, first in Asia and then coming to North America a few weeks later and then other regions afterwards. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not far off. But yeah, it's like it's a loyalty program. Uh, it's basically just there to encourage you to play more games on their platform um, and you get some some little uh, digital trinkets, but there was like some VR announcements. Um, they had a, a a new, not a new Yakuza game, but a spinoff that hasn't been released in the West. So that's coming out. Um, yeah. A couple new games too. I think this uh, Pacific drive game looks really interesting. I thought it was baby a days gone sequel, but we did not get that. Uh, <laughs> I thought like well, really going back to this after they kind of try- <laughs> trashed it and moved on which was unfortunate because i think it really did deserve a sequel but um it looks like you're driving just through the apocalypse um yeah as, as the world slowly falls apart around you so it's uh
0: <laughs> you wouldn't want to play that game <laughs> i
1: yeah i suppose when i say it like that maybe i'm not doing it justice but it really does look like you're driving in a, in a car that really shouldn't be able to handle off-road <laughs> you know it's like a station wagon of some kind it is just, yeah handling the terrain like nobody's business but uh yeah it it was it was it was a shorter uh sort of presentation and, and and they did cap it off with god of war ragnarok um and uh i'm i'm very excited for that game i the fact that it is out in in two months is because i think it was originally it was originally scheduled for 2021 i think mm. and it got pushed so like like other games did but uh yeah yeah it, it was a it was a good state of play. I think it had it had a little something for everybody.
0: Yeah. I honestly I can't get over this station wagon. Like, I mean, it looks kitted out, but like I also don't really understand what this apocalypse is. I guess there I guess there's zombies. There's or there's some shadowy creatures, but then there's like weird like lightning and goo that looks like maybe it's radioactive, like, and then machines coming out of the ground, like. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in the specific drive trailer. <laughs> I can't yeah. get over it.
1: I thought it was like maybe it's Ghostbusters. Weird. Like I was like, yeah, almost, gone?
0: there's some there's some parts. It's like they pulled a little bit from everything and then put it all in a car. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's I uh, don't know. It, it looks interesting. Um and I mean, yeah, they also announced Tekken eight, I guess. I'm not we're not really fighting game players here. I'm I'm terrible at fighting games. Um but yeah Tekken 8 is gonna be a thing so that's exciting <laughs> for folks that want to play Tekken um but yeah God of War was the big one for me
0: yeah absolutely I think God of War is the big one for everyone and I feel like a lot of PlayStation stuff is going to be very focused on that until it comes out so uh yeah we'll definitely be playing it here so yeah I mean well I say we're definitely going to be playing it here uh throwback to the top of the show i still haven't played the first one but i will i promise (laughs) even if for some reason i don't get to it ryan will definitely be playing god of War ragnarok on release so uh stay tuned for that in a couple months uh that's gonna do it for us tonight thank you guys so much uh if you want to join the conversation and let us know what you're excited about from all of these different showcases um, or if you want to tell me how wrong I am about Disney, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at JocPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy, And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.
1: Here we go!